with so many podcasts out there, shows can get lost in the shuffle. That's why we implore you to check out Too Many Captains. You can find us at a moviepodcast.com. Five unique takes on Hollywood movies and culture. Find us on Twitter at It's a Film Podcast. Check our intellectual deep dives into theatrical films. Find us on Instagram at Too Many Captains Productions. Unique takes on soundtracks. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Too Many Captains Productions. Find us at a moviepodcast.com on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And now, here comes a new episode of Collateral Cinema. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And this is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to season four of Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, blunts, bongs, or joints, smoke it if you've got it. And guys, it's a magical day. It's magical. It is a magical day. It's a magical time, Bo. It is truly magical. It is a magical season four, right? It's wonderful. It's wonderful <laughs> so I'm so stoked for this season. Oh, I man. Mean, we, we, yes, season four is going to be great, guys. This is going to be so awesome. There's so many films planned for all of y'all. So are we doing director's cut and seasons? What are we doing? Yeah, we're going to do director's cut. As, or is it all one thing? It, it's all one thing. We're going to okay. record it similar to this. Okay, cool. Yeah. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we are starting off our season right, I believe, because this movie that we're doing, oh my Lord, this was a delightful catastrophe. That's what this was, right, guys? Oh, (laughs) delightful. Oh my God. I've I've been needing to see a Neil Breen movie for quite some time, and I'm I'm glad I started with this. It's fantastic. It, it is horribly bad. It is every sense of bad that is good as the room is, you know? Yeah. And of course, we are talking about Fateful Findings, which is technically the third movie that Neil Breen has done. He has done a few movies now. He's including this movie. He's done five of them. And I mean, the first movie that he did was Double Down. Like that, that was a interesting take on politics needless to say it 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 sets many of the tropes that are recurring through and and the themes that are recurring throughout his movies you know like for instance uh i mean we're going to get into some of that here in a little bit but double down was interesting and then he decided to become techno christ in i am here now you got to say it like that right here now i am here now 
<laughs> there's a pause, now. okay? There's a, there's an ellipsis in the title, and by God, we are going to pronounce it. Yes, you have to. I mean, it's it's a requirement. And, and, and like I said, that movie is literally just him becoming like techno Jesus. Like he, he's literally a messiah in that movie. <laughs> it's, it's like, damn, Neil, you, you went from just being a government hacker in the first movie and double down to motherfucking Jesus. Like, I mean, is that just a bit presumptuous? Well, he's Muad'Dib. Oh, of, yeah, of course. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, th- th- I saw some clips of that, and I was like, what the fuck? Is he supposed to be, like, God? And that's ex- exactly what he's supposed to be, I guess. Something about that is just is so Neil Breen, you know? <laughs> it's incredibly Neil Breen. I mean, he's in a class all his own. He He's pretty much like Tommy Wiseau in that he's his own genre of so bad it's good movie. But not nearly as well known, I will say. Um, it's a little bit more obscure. But, you know, a lot of our cinephiles and our, and our film geeks are going to be aware, you know, of this of this phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. Cultural phenomenon. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, he I mean, aspiring to be techno Jesus in one of his movies. I mean, and in the second movie, I might add. I mean, it's just something that only he could do. I don't even think Tommy Wiseau would go that far. Here's what Neil Breen is that's different from Tommy Wiseau, okay? Tommy Wiseau, I think, kind of realizes now that the room is bad, that people like it for a different reason than he intended, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Neil Breen 100% believes that people like his shit. Well, he's not wrong. He thinks he's unironically liked. (laughs) (laughs) He he doesn't understand the irony at all. I mean, (laughs) what's that? It's all about the downloads, right? It's all about the downloads, exactly. I mean, but but the strange thing is, is that, you know, this movie that we're talking about, I mean, it's not even really available through traditional streaming, at least not till the 15th of this month. It comes out on Amazon Prime, finally. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it, it's coming out way too late for us to watch it. I mean, we had to watch it on Pornhub, of all places. Straight up. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. I don't understand why it has to be on there. And, you know, of course, you get the not safe for work ads beforehand. You know, I mean, my Lord. Crazy. It's okay. I was just checking out the ads. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you were, Ash. <laughs> for the articles. Yeah. For the articles. <laughs> you know, what articles are on fucking Pornhub? Right. Dear Jesus, man. Dear Neil Breen, you mean? Yeah, dear Neil Breen. Oh yes, Neil. It's uh, the Breeniest of Neil Breen is that he is Jesus, straight up. What is? What do you? What do you call his religion? Can Can I convert to Breenism? Oh, God I damn. guess so. I mean, I guess we can go ahead and start a Neil Breen religion. I mean, weirder things have happened. We'll, we'll say that. We'll, we'll, let's let's make it official. Neil Breen is the god of collateral cinema. He's our he's our deity. Exactly. Like totally. So so if Tommy was so is the patron saint, like him and Cestero are the patron saints of the podcast, I guess Breen is the supreme being of our podcast. Like exactly. is that what's happening here? And I would I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, of course not. Right, Robert? Yeah. <laughs> God. Now of course after he released I am here now. I mean you have to put the accent on it, right? Chilling with. After that, he released this movie we're talking about today, Fateful Findings. And and we're going to get into this movie here in a little bit. We'll go ahead and hold our thoughts on this. And he did a couple of 
other movies that I personally have not really seen or really watched a lot of reviews about. It's Twisted Pair and Pass Through, which the Twisted Pair one looks weird because it looks like he's playing twins. So that's double the brain. Twins. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Double the brain. Multiplicity. Multi yeah, like multiplicity. <laughs> is, is he Michael Keaton? Michael is that Keaton. what he is now? Dude, dude. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about Double Neil Dragon, Brain. Jackie Chan, the one. I don't know, dude. Oh Freaking my god. Two Jet Lees, dude. I don't know. Two Jet Lees, really? The Wait. one. Remember the one? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that one. movie. Yeah. Fuck. Two Jet Lees, dude. It's been ages since I've watched any Jet Li movies outside of the Once Upon a Time in China trilogy. Yeah. I think there was like Jackie Chan played like Double Dragon two or something. It wasn't. Wasn't Jet Li and Jackie Chan in a movie one time? Yeah. They were in a movie more recently together. Well, yeah. well I say more recently. He did his drunken it was, master it was a, with Jet Li. Several years ago, but I yeah. remember that, kind though. Airbender or something. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, we don't have much to say about his last two movies because, quite frankly, none of us have really seen it or looked up any type of synopsis about it. So I can't really say anything about it other than the twin things. So... I mean, folks, if... What's the other one? Pass-through? Pass-through, yeah. It's Twisted, Pair, and Pass-through. But we are going to watch all of them. Oh, we're going to watch all this yeah. shit. Th th this is going to become an annual thing. Intoxicated. It's a future. Yeah. All future episodes. This is totally an annual thing with our seasons now. Much like how the first three seasons we did Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero movies. Yeah. Well, this time around, we're doing Neural Breen movies. That's going to be our thing. That's the new era of collateral yeah. cinema. At least... One every season, right? We, we kind of ran out of Tommy Wiseau movies, so that makes sense. We, we have to have something replaced. Yeah, we, we did them all already, except the TV show, right? Was the, the Neighbors. The Wiseau, the Wiseau show, too. The, the, the Wiseau show, and he also did The yeah. Neighbors or yeah. something like that. Samurai Cop 2. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in Samurai Cop 2. Oh. Oh, shit. That's so, right. Dude, yeah. Man, he needs to be in more <laughs> movies. But, I mean, Neil Breen has definitely been a lot more prolific when it comes to filmmaking so far. So, yeah, I mean, so far, those are all the movies that he has out that we're aware of. And if you're not aware of his work in uncovering government and corporate conspiracies, <laughs> all right, he has leaked all of their secrets. He's a top class hacker. All of the secrets, all of the hypocrisy and greed and corruption in these government institutions. <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll get into the absurdity of that here very soon. But there are some consistent themes throughout his movies. First and foremost, he hates some fucking laptops, man. <laughs> he fucking hates laptops. At least in his first three movies, there's many instances of electronics and laptops just being demolished. And they're always laptops that have... No functionality to them. They they look like they're at least twenty or thirty years old. You know. Yeah. Old Dells or like Dells and Hewlett Packards. Oh man. Fucking HPs. Jesus, are old. I think I saw a gateway somewhere in there. Like I don't know, but Ash, what do you think of that? I mean, why do you think he hates modern technology, even though he's a fucking hacker? Here's why. Okay, <laughs> because. It's 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 corporate takeover, okay? The machines are taking over. I'm sure that's part of Neil Breen's ideology somewhere. <laughs> the machines. It's kinda I'm taking over. <laughs> I'm surprised he isn't just full on QAnon by this point. Like 
I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some elements of that. But it's funny just how ambiguous he is about this whole thing. I mean, I guess we'll talk about that later. But it's just he, he's never clear. It's always just government and corporate greed. And that's <laughs> it. It's just the hypocrisy. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, he, he's always like either a hacker or he has some type of supernatural powers over the world and over technology and whatnot. It's it's never really substantiated. But yeah, another interesting theme or, or should I say filmmaking trick that he uses quite a bit is the constant fading in and fading out of characters. I mean, you see that a lot in this movie, but I believe that there's several instances of that in I Am Here Now and <laughs> Double Down. I, I think so. Yeah, from what I've heard, and I haven't seen any of his other films, but that seems to be a recurring theme is just this, either him being a hacker or him having some supernatural knowledge of, of things. Computers, yeah. And of course, the only thing you ever see him doing is just typing on a goddamn a blank, laptop keyboard. A, a blank screen. <laughs> He's just randomly else. typing. Yeah. He's yeah. not doing shit. On, on blank <laughs> screens. You just be... Pushing the the space for all we know. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> he's not typing anything. I mean, Neil, why? I mean, is is it just because those are the cheapest laptops that you can destroy? <laughs> I mean, yeah, Neil, yeah, I'm right. trying to wrap yeah. my head around this. I am, and yes, I am speaking directly to Neil Breen. Ooh, okay. What the fuck, man? Why why do you hate laptops so bad? I would hate to see what happens when you get your hands on a fucking iPad. <laughs> like, like I can imagine he'll probably just take his knee and just snap it in fucking half and just snap one it. fell swift. Just like Gitar! snap it and ask Alexa to order another one. <laughs> oh my god. Right, no, he wouldn't have Alexa. Are you oh, kidding me? Maybe. They'd be spying on him. Probably. Like straight up. Yeah. But yeah, the, the fade in and fade outs. That happens so many times in his movies, and in this movie, like especially with the Legs of Doom, like it happens all the time, and it's just inexplicable in so many ways. Oh, the fucking Cult of the Thorn? The like, Cult of the Thorn. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's Cult of the Thorn. Dude, the Halloween 5 shit. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's our current fan theory right now is that this movie is somehow in the Halloween Dude, 5 universe. We both came to that conclusion. It yeah. Was well, it was Thorn. It was Thorn. That's what you guys said. What are those creepy feet, dude? Who is that guy, dude? <laughs> that could be anybody. That could be, you know, H.H. Holmes. It, 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 it's it's uh, Donald Pleasant's Cult of Thorn style. Exactly. <laughs> it could be anybody. Well, that's what you guys were telling me whenever I pointed out you know, the fucking like boots and the, and the, the shoes and the, and the, and the pants. Like yeah. just, we never get to see the upper body, but there's just this random guy who's lower body that we see who's just materializing and dematerializing out. And, and that's never explained. There's so many plot threads like the room that are just, just, <laughs> they never go anywhere. <laughs> Well, first of all, let's just go ahead and substantiate this right now. I guarantee you that that is actually Neil Breen wearing those slacks and the fucking, the, the fucking shoes and everything and just walking. I guarantee you that's just him. Yeah. I'm sure it is. It, it has to be. <laughs> and second, I mean, I guess that that's supposed to symbolize death or something. Like, I don't know. It's very obtuse. It's supposed it's, to symbolize Halloween 6 coming up. Oh, yeah, that's right. Halloween 6. That's what that is. <laughs> Who the fuck knows what it's supposed to symbolize, okay? <laughs> well, anyway, another thing that you see a lot of in Neil Breen's movies is 
his approach to women and women's sexuality is very strange. Like, and I am here now. You know, I just have to do that. I don't know why. Yeah. I have to, you gotta I have to now. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, he has constant references to these two female characters, like, becoming strippers and prostitutes. Like, that's like the first thing that they decide they're going to do for themselves after they've been laid off from their solar company or whatever. And in this movie, like, you have that weird scene where uh, the neighbor's daughter tries to you know, seduce him. Oh my God. What was the, what was up with that? I don't know. Like, we'll I get into that. Just yeah. We'll get into that here in a little bit, but I mean, th those are just examples of this weird way that he approaches sex and everything. And the, the weird thing is, is like he has nudity in his movie, but it's not actual nudity. You don't see anything full frontal or anything like that. No. It's always, and this is another thing, it's always a woman lying on her stomach. That's another recurring theme throughout this work of genius, or brainius, I should say. It's the Sports <laughs> Centerfold. Sports Illustrated Centerfold. Yep. Oh, my Lord. That's what that is. And, and, and then there's, like, just the way that pretty much every married female character in this movie is presented. I mean... You have Neil Breen's wife, Emily, like she is just all over the place, a drug addict as well. You have the neighbor and the neighbor's wife who I don't know what any of that had to do with anything. And, and she's presented in a very negative light. I mean, and then even the daughter, yeah. even she's shown in a negative light. She's like just throwing herself at Neil Breen, which I mean, to his credit, he does you know, turn her down and everything. But it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what he's trying to get at with that. Like, right, Robert? Yeah. Uh, you know, any any of it really don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I mean, th there's just a whole lot of nothing here, but everything all at once at the same time. I don't know how he does it. I'm still thinking I'm watching the other movie. <laughs> God damn it. Double down. I know, right? <laughs> they, they, they kind of flow into each other yeah. a little bit when you really think it's about funny, it. It's funny, dude. It's hilarious. I don't know. But in the beginning with the Rolls Royce or when they're kids and they find each other and then, you know, the Rolls Royce hits him and then he wakes up like he's Jason X or something. But I mean, Neil Breen's acting is really, really interesting, right? Just the way that he delivers his lines. I can't put my finger on it because he's got kind of this, this quality that's like someone who's foreign, but he's not. Yeah, he just he doesn't he doesn't know, you know what he's doing. It's it's just so, it's so monotone, and it's just there, and <laughs> and you can tell like he's taking the performance seriously. Okay, he just he can't believe he committed suicide. You know, no, he just can't believe it. I can't, that he I can't believe, believe. He suicide, bro. I can't believe it. I can't believe he committed. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you commit suicide? Ash, why would you suicide yourself? Yeah, why? I cannot believe that you committed suicide. I mean, I know this is so distasteful, but at least from the outset, but that is exactly how he delivers that line. It, it is just ridiculous. How? How? How did you do this? How did you do this? I still think Greg Sestero should have been in this movie. Oh, Greg Sestero would have been perfect in this movie. <laughs> right. Like right. a team up yeah. somehow. But anyway, let's let's go ahead and get into 
some of the actual scenes in this movie because it, it's pointless to talk about any kind of plot here because let's face it, there's no plot. There, there's no plot to be there, had here. I think I'm watching there the Chronicles no of Narnia in the beginning where they're like kids and they find something and like some treasure it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right it's a magical day, Robert. It was a magical day, okay? It was a magical day, dude. And yeah. It was a magical day, of course. When I was eight, nine years old, and she was the love of my life at I, eight, eight I, nine years old. <laughs> I just love the directing in that scene. Like like that that little boy, whenever he finds the mushroom, he has to have his hands just splayed outward like he's presenting it to her, and then it slowly turns from a mushroom into that little jewel box or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck was going on with that? Like... The supernatural elements in this movie are just all over the place. They just pop in. They're they're not explained. They not. don't seem to have any kind of consistency to them. Mm. I mean, they're just there. There's like in the very beginning scene, there's the skull that just kind of watches them. The thing about that is, though, none of that is necessary. You can literally cut every single supernatural element out of this movie, and it wouldn't make a fucking difference at all. Like, at in all. no way. <laughs> I mean, what do you think, Robert? I mean, hmm. what the fuck was he actually trying to go for there? With all the high-tech computers hacking into Area 51. <laughs> sort of like a Bob Lazar, you know, something out of 1989. I wasn't even born yet, but... Damn it, man. You know, all that conspiracy sounds like he worked at Air 51 to me, you know? What do you think, Ash? I think that he's exposing government and corporate greed, okay? He, he's he's showing the hypocrisy, all right? He's hacking in to very important databases, and, and he's getting all of the information, and he's going to change the world, okay? Yes, he is. He's going to change the world yep. entirely. Yes, he is. I believe in him. I, I believe in Neil Breen. <laughs> I fucking love that scene because, and it's the one that I have in my background right now. Okay, but yeah, th this is the this is the last eight to ten minutes of this movie that we're about to talk about here. This is the reason to watch yeah. this movie. Okay, this is the, this is basically his magnum opus. Okay, so the entire movie he's 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 uh, getting into you know he's hacking and he's talking about all this work he's doing, and then what he does is he just he just stands up in front of like a few people. With, with some mics and he starts letting them know that he has all of these secrets and he's going to, he's going to expose that he's going to release the files today. He doesn't get into it. He doesn't get into it the whole movie and he doesn't have this little press conference either. Mm -hmm. He just, he, it's so vague and nonspecific, mm -hmm. but they all are cheering and they're all like, yeah, you could be talking about apocalypse. It could be anything. Literally anything. Then, honestly, independent. Yeah, there, there it is right there. Okay. There's Dale Breed. I'm, I'm showing on this uh, Instagram live right now. But he could be the president um, standing right there. Yep. Oh, totally. And then senators and and, and uh, corporation leaders, like they just start suicide on the spot. Some of them literally pull a gun up to their head in front of the people. Some of the other ones hang themselves or lock themselves in a car. And and <laughs> it's the most amazing sequence I have ever witnessed in a film. Honestly, just the acting alone from all of these extras playing these senators and CEOs or, you know, the president of the bank. I mean, I, I don't know which bank, but okay. he's the president of the bank. Maybe, he, dude, here's a, here's a theory. He's the president of the same bank that Johnny was working on at in the room. Ooh, yeah. Oh, the one that's so confidential and he has an important client and it probably was Neil Breen. He's exactly. the important client. 
Potential. Yep. Exactly. It was because he was trying to take the bank down. It all fits together. That's why you couldn't the get room the room and no green movies all take place in the same universe. You and think don't ask so? Me how, but all of take place in the same universe okay even the disaster artist okay no not the disaster artist because <laughs> that would be amazing if you could work neil breen into the disaster artist somehow <laughs> that would have been fucking incredible but and how is it that there's not a single legitimate good performance in this entire movie every actor is bad like unbearably bad they don't even know how to read their lines and you can't blame it on the script writing every single actor in this movie is horrible <laughs> okay first of all you take that back neil breen <laughs> is fucking incredible first you of all I'm sorry, Mr. no you're right he is actually incredible first of this, is, this is brenius man we're talking a, we're talking about fucking brenius man's an artist he's an artiste all right yeah but second, yeah, these performances are just completely whacked out. Like, for instance, his wife, Emily. What is her accent? What is her accent? I she, never was able to figure that out. She sounds kind of like Ariana Huffington to me for some reason. She has that same. Is it like that mid-Atlantic thing? You know, is that what that's supposed to be? I mean, what is that? I don't understand it. Yeah, over my head. I don't know. <laughs> Ash, any ideas? <laughs> I don't have any ideas. I couldn't tell you what what what's supposed to be going on there. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't even really understand her role in the movie, right? Because, I mean, she comes in and at the beginning, she seems like she's a loving wife that cares about her husband and, you know, is, is grieving over him. And then just out of nowhere, she starts becoming a drug addict. And, and then he, for some reason, just decides that he is in love with his childhood sweetheart and he cheats on her. And then and then she kills herself like while he's cheating on her. And then he just continues on with his romance with with his new lover. Oh, he just brings his side piece right into his household once his wife is out of there. Like, like, no, no, oh no God. grieving period. It was not even an afterthought. I'm like, motherfucker, like uh, he I mean, he grieves it while she's there. But then they just cut to the next scene. And what is up with that? How long Some did that take? This movie just cut to each other with with no explanation like he'll go on from his friend's death to just okay we don't know exactly how much time has passed but i guess it's enough time for him to be over it or exactly. be over his fucking wife well the thing is that neil breen just does not need to grieve because neil breen is not obligated to give a fuck because he's neil fucking breen guys i mean he's what you gotta right? understand so, yeah he is he's beyond mere mortal emotions and other such ostentations. He is Neil Breen, damn it. But even so, I was yelling at Neil the entire time, like, come on, Neil. Why the fuck did you not flush the goddamn toilet when you were throwing the pills away? Damn it, Neil. He just left them there. <laughs> I don't know. He left that shit there. Yeah. What the fuck, man? And then he just no chunks. I believe that Emily fishes them out of the toilet, I guess. Yeah. Oh, a, my God. It was a clean toilet. It was immaculately clean it toilet. It was sparkly clean. Yeah, to be fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I don't know. Would you if grab a bunch? Addict, if, if you were, were an addict? If you were an addict, you know, you, you would. If you were an yeah. addict, yeah. You oh, of fuck, course, yeah. Fuck. But Jesus. I need to wake up in the morning and go to work, so no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, what amazes me is how much of a serious 180 that is for her. I mean... Yeah, like you said, at first she seems like this doting and 
loyal wife, and then all of a sudden she's stealing his pain pills. It's like he couldn't have had these pills that long. He just had the accident, like literally how long ago in the movie, and then just recovers from it spontaneously. That's what I'm trying to get at is we assume that there must have been some time that have passed between here, but the movie gives you no clue to that. It just cuts to the next scene and it seems like the other event just happened. Yeah, but then the was, other characters act it was like Friday the 13th, the new beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was pretty much that kind of vibe it to was, it. It was Jason. <laughs> well, it up. Speaking of the pill scene, one of my favorite lines of the movie is he's like, he's like, he, he's like, he's like, can you go get my pills? Okay, come on, bring my pills. I need them right now. And then she brings them to him, and he's like, as soon as he she brings them to him, I don't need these. I don't, yeah, I'm not going to yeah, take these. Dude. It's like, <laughs> I don't need this shit. I'm fucking Neil Breen. Why do I need pills? <laughs> I mean, seriously. And, but, and I like how, you know, it, it just inexplicably, you know, we're, we're introduced to the idea that he's hacking. He's not writing a novel. He's hacking into government and corporate databases. And at one point, he literally says it to Emily. But then at another point is, is is the time at which he actually confesses to her. But it's like I thought that she knew because he literally was talking to her about it nonchalantly like just a couple scenes ago. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah, they, of course there's not going to be any continuity between scenes. I mean, that would, that would imply that there's a plot here, right? No filler. No there doesn't need to be continuity, okay? That's a rookie movie thing. Why do we need continuity? Why do we need a good coherent plot okay these are things that a neil breen movie doesn't need to have it's beyond these things you at least That's need to have brilliant. a flow to your bullshit you know i mean <laughs> i there's no flow to it here like a, a method for your whole reason yeah there, yeah. there has to be a method yeah. to your madness exactly neil breen's has no method it's all madness That's, funny, dude. That's what this is this is all fucking madness <laughs> it's all just non sequitur bullshit, okay? Yeah, non sequitur is exactly how I would describe this movie. 100%. I was given paranormal powers as a child. I've hacked into just about all the information I need. They have no idea. No more books! You were given a power. Others want to take this from me. He's writing about government secrets. I knew I loved you when I was eight years old. All this time, I haven't been working on my next book. I've hacked into the most secret government and corporate secrets. I'm using it to make a real difference. And I'm going to expose them all. Should I be afraid? Should we be afraid? I'm not ready for this. I want to be honest with all of you. I've been hacking into government and corporate systems all over the country. You're going to get yourself killed. But you should be scared, because it is the truth. Act now, on your own, outside of the corporate systems and these incompetent politicians. You want to get out of here, but you can't see what's about to happen. 
mean, nothing follows from anything. There's even there's even a point where the, the neighbors, after their murder scene, which we'll get into here in a second, I mean, they just disappear from the movie. We, we see their daughter very briefly, but then we don't see them again at all. That sidewalk scene too, right? When they're stepping off the sidewalk and he's coming through and then there's nobody there. Oh, that's right. That's like uh, at the beginning of the movie, yeah, right? Yeah, stuff like that. Right, yeah, right before he gets hit by the Rolls Royce, he's talking to his wife on the phone. You and can't hear it, anything. You can't hear anything. He doesn't even say anything to her, really. And he's walking along the sidewalk. There's nobody there. And then randomly, whenever he's about to walk the crosswalk, there's like four or five people there. And, and then the next scene, there's nobody there. There's it's nobody just there. him crossing the fucking road. Dude, that's funny. I didn't get that. The way that this film is shot is so weird. Like, and, and you can tell where there were cuts of things that were not filmed in sequence. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that didn't make sense, really, you know. I don't think it, it was so much that they weren't filmed in sequence. They just weren't properly written in sequence. I think that's really what it is. Yeah. That's very much the writing, you know, which was also Neil Breen, of course. And what's going on with that dream sequence that he keeps popping into with the dark room? I don't, was there a method behind that? Did that mean I something? I don't know. <laughs> I like to think that he just watched Eraserhead one time. He just said, oh, yeah, I can go ahead and do something like that. Why not? Why the fuck That's not? exactly what happened. He didn't even know what he was writing. He just thought, well, I've seen a lot of movies like, you know, I've seen David Lynch do just weird, uh, ambiguous stuff like this. So I'll be, I, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where else do you think he got the idea to just go to a storage unit and then put a goddamn big ass book on a coffee table or something? I don't even know what the fuck that's supposed to be. Pawn Stars. It's Pawn Stars. No, it's it's Storage Wars, dude. No, yeah. Storage Wars. Fucking Storage I can't, I can't Wars. Say- it's on the same channel, History Channel. <laughs> oh, yeah. History you're Channel. To, oh, Lord. I want to watch Gold Rush that after that. What is that, Ash? What? You're supposed to assume that it's symbolic of something, but fuck knows what. Not even Neil Breen oh, knows what he's trying I to got it. there. Remember Wishbone when you're watching us telling a story? Oh, what? That is is, are, is this happening in the Wishbones universe? Wishbone. What? Yeah. Holy fuck, man. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. That's a revelation to me. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Telling a story. No, we got to talk about the moments whenever he starts, after his accident, whenever he starts just tweaking out and passing out and everything. Because that's when a lot of the laptop destruction occurs. I mean, that in that weird sex scene, I guess you could say he was going to have with Emily in his office. I don't Hell understand yeah. that. For shame. For shame. All those laptops. He's so mean to the laptops. Those were perfectly good <laughs> laptops. Ash. Those were perfectly good laptops. collector's right. items. Right, Ash? Um, yeah. I mean, could be a doorstopper, a bolt anchor. Could be know. a paperweight. There you go. I mean. Yeah. People still read newspapers. I have my old laptop. You know what I use it as? Literally an extra hard drive. There you go. It's just an extra storage hard drive now. That's literally there what it go. is. Use it as a platform. For something else. Something. I, your I like TV. how he has all these laptops to like convey the illusion that he's this important hacker. So he needs all these laptops to, to be able to do it. Yeah. Oh, you, you should see Double Down. He goes even further with it. Supposedly yeah. he even have a he even has a goddamn death ray for defense in that movie around his like, goddamn truck. But he's trying to hack with three different laptops at the same time. That are never even on. You know, it's funny. Oh, they're never on. Never no. on. Ever. Pawn shop laptops. 
We can go to a pawn shop, right? <laughs> yeah, we just go to a pawn shop and pick some, up something like that, probably. Some cheap shit. I don't know. Now, let's talk about, I think the, the neighbor's name is Jim, and what, what's the wife's name? I, I, I forgot. The, the, the blonde lady. It's like, there's no reason to have that in this movie either. There really isn't. I mean, these people are just so cookie cutter in their presentation of a failed marriage. I mean... It's Amy. That's it's Amy. Okay, I got you. It's Jim and, Amy. Jim and Amy. And these two people are not likable in any way. They're just not likable. No, he's an asshole, okay? Like, just complete drunk idiot. But she's not much better. I mean, she's she's a bitch to him, too. Seriously. <laughs> and then she fucking kills him. It's, it's terrible. I mean, the, these I people have... a daughter. Yeah, yeah, and they have a daughter who, for some reason, decides to throw herself at Neil Breen a couple of times in the movie. Randomly. It comes out of nowhere. Yeah. There's no build-up to it. I mean, there's 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 one scene early in the movie where he's like, he kind of defends her and her dad is like, oh, uh, you know, J uh, Dylan doesn't want to hear about your school project. And he goes, no, I do want to hear about it. So if that was the setup, then that's the only instance in this movie where anything even remotely occurs that could lead you to believe. But but I mean, just the whole thing just comes out of nowhere. And I just felt creepy watching it because yeah. she's oh, portraying this girl and <laughs> it's very creepy and then like i said earlier to his defense i mean he turns her down and even like like she, she starts taking a bath in their bathtub a bubble bath and he uh, immediately puts her towel back up as soon as she drops it he's like you can't do this you need you to can't. stop okay? i love the way he just you need that. to just stop like <laughs> you can't do this anymore you can't come over here <laughs> you can't do this, okay? And no, it, 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 you can't. <laughs> you can't keep doing this. She comes over a second time as well. Whoa. Well, it's all in one scene. She she's in that. She's. I assume she was in the pool, and then afterwards she does the bubble bath, right? And I felt. Yeah. I think that was the same time, but yeah. And, and might I add, that's the same pool that's used in I Am Here Now. It's the same pool well, that's used in that movie. It's, yeah, I guarantee you that's his pool in his fucking backyard. That's what that is. Right. Where, where do you think he found the financing for this? I don't know. Maybe the same place Tommy was so did. He just was less successful at getting a lot of money for it. Your own money. Dude. I mean, it's, it definitely pocket. doesn't have nearly the budget that the room had, but... <laughs> out of pocket. I know that recently he put out a plea. I don't think he started a Kickstarter or anything. He might have. But he put out a plea to actually find some real actual professional production or producers with some actual money or whatever. Yeah. You know, he's actually kind of actively looking for that. And I say, yes, please give him all the money. Let this man make his real opus because it will be magnificent. Masterpiece. It'll be a goddamn masterpiece, guys. It is. It, it, you know what? Yeah, Neil Breen with the legitimate budget. I, the, the 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 possibilities are limitless, guys. Oh, it is. I mean, he could be like the <laughs> next. He could be the next Spielberg for all we know. Yeah, he's already got five films, dude. So, so he already knows what he's doing. That's good enough, right? Mm. Oh, that's that's perfect. Good. But I mean, one more scene I want to go into is the weird sex scene or quote unquote sex scene between him and Emily and his. Office, which leads to all the laptop destruction. 
Oh, with the tearing of the clothes. The tearing of the clothes. It's so terrible. It's like, I mean, is, is this your idea of sex, Neil? Really? <laughs> he has a bit of an idea of sex as Tommy Wiseau does. Oh, yeah. I mean, at least Tommy was so like, he, he wasn't afraid to show ass to sell movie. No. Here, Neil Breen does not need to show ass to sell movie. Tommy Wiseau. But he, he shows <laughs> ass in some ass. of his movies, yeah. but I mean, he does not need to show ass to sell movie. No, Neil, you don't need to do that. Do no. not show ass to sell movie. No upstaging. Wizzo. You can't upstage with so ever. No, no. He showed ass and he sold movie. America's. America's ass, ass right there. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Wiseau's ass is America's, America's ass. America's ass. You can't compare America's to America's ass. ass. But yeah, I mean, that's such a ham-fisted scene. Like It comes out of nowhere. And I mean, he starts throwing papers all over the place. And of course, he destroys his laptops. Those poor fucking laptops, man. I mean, they, they become a sacrifice to his sensuality or whatever. Why would you do that, Ash? Would you do that? No. 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 I mean, honestly, I I think that it's it's supposed to it's supposed to symbolize something, okay? It his destruction of the laptops is a metaphor for something. Okay? So uh, could you pour coffee on the same laptop and it still works. Yeah. I love how in that scene, he was just desperately trying uh, to drink his coffee. Uh, like, uh, he, he tried to put every last little bit of his strength into taking that one sip and he just couldn't do it. He he just, he dropped the coffee. It's like, oh, come on, Neil. Dude, it was fucking funny. You had one job, Neil. One or, job. Or, or his weird spinach eating in front of his new girlfriend. Popeye. Goes fucking that nowhere. That's weird. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Just like old draw spinach. And again, this is right after his 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 wife dies. <laughs> Not even five minutes after that scene. Not yeah. even a couple of minutes. You know what? I I hardly noticed <laughs> that she died because you know he he just found his love. Is, uh, I know, and <laughs> his reaction to Emily's death is nothing like his reaction to Jim's death. With Jim, he's just like, I cannot believe you committed suicide. I can't I believe, believe you committed suicide. Oh, the Guido with the Ferrari. Oh, yeah, the Ferrari. What kind of Ferrari was it? The Testarossa. Ooh. Ooh. Ash. The red Ferrari. Now, where do you think Neil Breen got that car? That is a 1986, 1987 model. That he could not have gotten that on his own. Hmm. That is a great car, though. Yeah. Seriously. Mm. It was probably rented. I wouldn't. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it was somebody's car, dude. Because yeah, Ferrari. Jim. Jim. Call nine one one. Jim. Jim. How could you have done this? Jim! I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? I can't help you out of this one, Jim. With all we've been through, I can't pull you out of this one. So, guys, we're probably going to go ahead and start wrapping things up. 
Oh, what do y'all think is the actual message of this movie? The message is that there's government and corporate hypocrisy going on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Neil Breen, Neil Breen is going to expose it all. That's the entire point of this movie is just that last eight to 10 minute segment of the film. I can't wait for that, dude. We may need to go to war for that. Oh yeah. You know, the, the corruption yeah. and the hypocrisy yeah. and the government institution oh. and the, and, and the secret government corruption and secrets. Yeah, it sounds like war and, talk to and me. And the fucking supernatural powers he has, just you know, at the end because he's held on to this rock. Okay, he can materialize in and out of things. He has psychic abilities, and you know what? Neil Breen is a Mary Sue. Okay, a total Mary Sue. Yeah, oh, of course. The, the he's a complete Narnia, Mary right? Sue. <laughs> he is, and, and that rock you're talking about—that is a mixed berry gusher, and I bet it is awesome oh. if you ate it. Because it's so huge. A mixed berry gusher. Yeah, you're it saying. is a gusher. You, you don't gushers. I'm pretty sure that's not vegan. No, they are okay. vegan, actually. They have no gelatin in them. They okay. are vegan. Gushers are vegan. Gushers are vegan. Just so like fruit ropes. So vegan. are fruit by the foot. Yeah. I'll take vegan. Okay. Vegans. Yep. That is very vegan. Fun fact. But yeah, there's no message to this movie, is there? Yeah. What do you think, Robert? Keep making more movies, dude. Keep making more movies. Keep making exactly. more movies. Exactly. That's the message. It's like... <laughs> I'm Neil Breen. I'm going to make more movies. That's just what I am. More movies, dude. Breenius. Fucking Breenius, man. Whatever else you can pop out with more laptops, right, Ash? Ten fucking laptops. The Matrix. <laughs> what do y'all think that he was actually trying to convey with his directing and his directing choices? What do you I think, Robert? I don't. Hmm. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm fucking at a uh, loss for words myself. Uh, because... There's nothing to take away from it. There was no direction. No, no you're just, right. There was no plot and no direction here at all. That's the thing. You're going from one store to another in the same film. It's almost like two different stores. It is. Yeah. And then there's all those times where he, there's that one time where he totally just looks at the crew in the camera. Yeah. It's like that's not professional at all. Damn. Retake. Okay. Assigned an essay and you don't know jack shit about what you're supposed to be writing about. Okay. So you just kind of bullshit it and you put something together that sounds like you know what you're talking about, that's yeah. what Neil did with this movie. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's it's almost uh, like he just fucking made this up as he went along. Which, yeah. which I mean, even, you know, David Lynch kind of did that with his last movie, Inland Empire. He was literally walking in with fucking pages of the script done, like, page by page. Yeah. I mean, The Shining was done that way, too, right? In many ways, during, yeah. But, during the scenes. But here, it, when you don't have an actual point to what you're making, this is what happens, you know? That is the point of the Brenius. There is no point. I mean, guys, how do you think this uh, compares to the work of Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero? Like, like I said, the primary difference that it appears to be is that, I mean, they both kind of, the, the reason why they work, the reason why so bad it's good actually works. And this is really hard. You can't fake it. You have to, this is actually where they're similar. Is you have to have the complete intention of making something good, right? And it's just unintentionally hilarious for all the wrong reasons. And and then that's such a rare gem. But where Tommy Wiseau and where Neil Breen differ like I said before, is Tommy was so kind of caught on after a while. He understands that there's an ironic quality to, you know, the things that people like about his movies or his, the fan reception, I should say. Neil Breen 
literally thinks he's a genius. Of course, it's part for the course that he made himself God in a movie because I mean, this man is just completely full of himself. <laughs> Tommy was so, you know, he, he's yeah. kind of wholesome. It's ego. Neil Breed is. <laughs> he, he thinks he's the shit. He really does. Here's something that I saw on, I think it was Reddit when I was looking up Faithful Findings. Somebody described it like this. Tommy Wiseau is, if Tommy Wiseau is the Orson Welles of the So Bad It's Good uh, film world, Neil Breen is, it's David Lynch. Because in a way, that's kind of what this is. This is like, what would happen if David Lynch just didn't give a fuck one day and just just did something? And it made even (laughs) less sense than what he normally does. You know, that's kind of what this is. It's a poor man's David Lynch. <laughs> I've never heard it that way. Dude. Yeah, this is poor man's David Lynch. David Lynch is a bad man. And this is his Mulholland drive here. That's what Fateful Findings is. This is his Mulholland fucking drive. I'm soon to watch that. Oh, we're going to. That's, the that's last coming one, up this season. The last one was like uh, Lost Highway, dude. Oh, yeah. Great but, movie, that one. Mulholland Drive. Speaking Oh, yeah, yeah. We're definitely going to be doing Mulholland Drive later on this season. Another David Lynch, bro. Yeah, Yeah, we got to bring David Lynch back to the podcast. So let's go ahead and give our final thoughts on Fateful Findings. Uh, We'll go ahead and start with you, Ash. Okay. I think, and I haven't seen any other Neil Brain movies, so I I don't know if this is necessarily the best one to start off with, Mm -hmm. but it was a perfect representation of everything that I needed to know. I think it was a, it was an act of, of, of brainius. I mean, this is, this is a true piece in every, in every sense of the word. Okay. And you honestly have to see it to believe it. It is just amazing. Okay. And guess what? You can watch it for free on Pornhub. All right. So just get on Pornhub. If if you have someone that, that that doesn't want you to to be on Pornhub and you don't want that to come up on your search history, just watch it on fucking <laughs> private browsing, okay? And just watch this movie because it's fantastic. It's amazing. And there actually is. There's no nudity, so it's okay. I mean, you'll see nudity in the Pornhub ads, but I mean, yeah. You know, I, 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 I say those were some. Those are some immaculate Pornhub ads, by the way. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. I mean, browsers. Yep. Top notch. Browsers. All right, Robert, what are your final thoughts on Fateful Findings? You know, not a bad movie. I mean, we did watch some of Double Down, right? And I don't know, the whole laptop thing, hacking into secrets, military bases. What what are you actually doing? I'm thinking the Pentagon or maybe Area 51, right? Yeah, something like that. What do you think, Ash? I I don't know, bro, but I don't know what's society. I think that... I like the way that Bo handles Robert's mic. That was pretty sexy. Oh, it was totally I'm sexy. I'm just like, uh, I'm bro, lie. I'm kind of turned you need on to speak right it now. to the mic. Cuffing some balls. Yeah, I'm, I'm cuffing <laughs> balls here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> A- anyway, yeah, I don't know, dude. It felt like I was watching two movies in one that sort of, I mean, really didn't lead up to nothing. And it was just. Let's, let's face it. This is like six or seven movies in one. There you go. I mean, <laughs> hell, the, the last eight or ten minutes of this movie could be its own short film, pretty much. Right? Yeah. See, my phone was stalling. I think your phone was downloading pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we ended up so, watching the rest of it on, on my phone. Yeah, I, I only caught the first, like, 30 minutes, and... We ended up watching the rest, you know? Yeah. So I, I just now saw it, you know? Yep. And what a great, fantastic movie it is. Yeah. I mean, it's an IMDb credit, right? Hey, at the, at the very least. <laughs> yep. Right, Ash? Yeah. 
that's what it is. It's an IMDb credit. It's just another work to put behind his belt. Yeah, yeah dude. And, and just truly notch, show it's top notch. <laughs> <laughs> well, my final thoughts on this movie are what the fuck? What the fuck, Neil? What the <laughs> hell? Why did you make these choices in this movie, Neil? Why? What what the fuck was the the mushroom and the fucking jewel box? What the fuck was the the, the shower scene? Why did you? Why? What why, the fuck? What is why? the what is the legs of doom? Oh, the carry the, 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 the carry scene of, with the final chapter with the cult of thorn. Yeah, the cult of thorn is like. <laughs> I mean, was this supposed to be a horror movie, Neil? I think is it that was. what this was supposed to that be? Was totally carry with Jason final chapter i mean neil why the whole seduction thing with with the teenage girl i mean why i, I why? love i love the halloween part five yeah we both love that yeah yeah that's our that's our prevailing th- fan theory by the way this is totally halloween part five it, it's 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 meant to be an allegory for that movie yeah i mean why neil why damn it neil god damn it but we love you so much yeah, for this. I love it, dude. I love you so much for this, but God damn it, Neil. Why? Why, 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 why? <laughs> that that's all I have to say on, on the matter right there. Just, just straight up. And we whenever we do a film commentary on this, that's pretty much what I'm gonna be doing the entire time is just yelling at Neil Breen. It's actually quite fun, guys. I recommend it. You know what we should do? I think we should do a film commentary on one of his other movies to tie in with this. Yeah, maybe like like uh, Double Down. That'd be good. a little variety, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we should do Double Down or something, because y'all have seen it before, so that'll, yeah. that'll be a good one. To, we need to get together and do that. Yeah, straight up. It's another late night session. Yeah. Let's get it done. Well, anyway, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Ash, go ahead and plug your latest Collateral Gaming episode. All right. Well, if you haven't watched our season finale on Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, um, as of the time of recording this, only part one is out. Part two should be out by the time this is out. Go ahead and check that out. That is uh, That was a blast. It was me and Dakota kind of just the way it used to be. And it was nice. We're also coming in hot with our next season, season three of Collateral Gaming. Uh, we're going to be starting out with The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to talk about it. It's one of my favorite video games, if not my favorite video game of all time, right next to Breath of the Wild. So that's going to be really fun. And we're also coming out with our Halloween special on Until Dawn, which is a really, really interesting game. Although part of me really kind of wishes I'd done Resident Evil 7 now, but maybe <laughs> we'll put that and throw that in a bonus round. So anyway, if you listen to Collateral Cinema and you love video games, go check out Collateral Gaming video game podcast. Right on, man. Right on. And Robert, you have something to plug now, right? Finally. Oh. Finally. Yeah, go see Killing Night on YouTube. Just It's on my page. Maybe subscribe to my page, Robert Ortegon. We'll go ahead and uh, list the link to your page in the, in the show notes. That'll be there, and downloads would help. Maybe you can go find it on Facebook or Instagram, IGTV, you know? Yeah, and it, it stars, of course, Robert Ortegon. That. It stars yours truly as the killer, introducing Bo Maddox. Introducing... And we all did the editing. We all did the camera work. So Yeah, I contributed a little bit on there as well. Um, Unfortunately, I wasn't a part of the filming process, but I was a part of the editing process. Been putting the the whole thing together. So Yeah, you hope you're done, bro. 
take a little bit of pride in that. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, we got it done. So check it out. We might upload it on the Collateral Cinema YouTube page very soon as well. Check that out. And the next episode of Collateral Cinema is going to be our Halloween episode, and that's going to be Night of the Living Dead by George A. Romero. And that's the next episode. Exactly. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a fun episode. Oh, my goodness. I'm We're going to go ahead and end it here. Welcome to Season 4, everybody. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And it's a magical day, everybody. Magical. Season four, Magic. Collateral Cinema, underway. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, everybody. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. <laughs>